You're watching the Luca Rosano Show. Here's your host, Luca Rosano. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Luca Rosano Show presented by Dave and Buster's Vaughn. This week's guest, it's time to get up the salami and cheese, mama. We got Chuck Swirsky on with us. Chuck, uh, I can't believe I, uh, I have you on this podcast. It's my honor to have you. How's it going? Thank you. Well, um, it is what it is. We take one day at a time. And uh, again, please be safe, everyone. And my thoughts are with many people who have undergone, uh, you know, that it's affected, obviously, with the COVID situation. But as you know, I'm very optimistic and we're all in this together and we'll persevere and we'll be back better than ever. A hundred percent, Chuck. Chuck, take us through where you got that famous salami and cheese call from as Raptors fans uh, know that very well. <laughs> well, I got a letter. You know, it, it's a letter, not an email, but a letter. And it said, you know, Chuck, I'm, I'm locked into your telecast with Jack and Leo. And, uh, you know, I, I, I go to the refrigerator, grab a beverage. But, you know, I just, you know, I got the hunger pains during the game. And so maybe when you think the Raps have won the ball game, can you just do a little shout out and just say, hey, you know, looks like the Raptors are going to win. And by the way, you know, I, I love making sandwiches and it's salami and cheese. So I thought, hmm, okay. So the next game, wraps are up by like eight points with like 16 seconds left. So just out of nowhere, I said, get out the salami and cheese, mama. This ball game is over. And the producer in the truck is talking in my ear. Now, they couldn't hear this on the air. And the producer saying, Chuck, are you okay? Like, what? You Salami and what? <laughs> and I hit the mute button so I could talk to the producer, and it did not go over the air. And I said, I'll explain it. It's good. Everything's fine, I think. And so I, after the game, I had a conversation. Well, the next morning, we got inundated with calls at the um, Air Canada Center, known now as uh, the Scotiabank. And so long story short, I, I just went with it. Every time I thought the Raps were in a position to win the game, there you go. That's awesome. And uh, as an Italian, I can appreciate a good old salami and cheese sandwich. Right. Chuck, uh, you were the play-by-play -play announcer for the Raptors for 10 years from uh, 1998 to 2008. How did you become the voice of the Raptors? Take me through uh, what that journey looked like for you. Well, there was an opening. and. Um, I had an agent at the time, Maury Gostfran, who is one of the best in the business. And he, you know, we were kicking the tires. I was doing college ball 18 years. And so we said, you yeah, know, why not? And so we submitted a tape. And the next thing I know, Nelson Millman from the Fan 590 called and said, we'd like to talk to you. And one thing led to the next and uh, went in for an interview. And then I had another interview, I believe over the phone. And uh, then it just happened. That's awesome. So why did you eventually leave for Chicago with your current position now as the radio play-by-play? -play? Well, it was really difficult. It was, uh, it came down to a personal situation within the family. And I felt obviously that I always put my family first. Uh, and so uh, I made that move, um, nothing personal against the country. Obviously I became a Canadian citizen. Yeah. Nothing against the city. I love Toronto. Love the Raptors organization. I worked probably, you know, with Larry Tannenbaum, who is like unbelievable as a 
as a man and also as somebody who cares so deeply about the city and also its teams. And, you know, I had a great boss with Tom Anselmi, who's now running the Edmonton Oilers. And, you know, love Jack, love Leo, love the whole situation, love living in Burlington. And, uh, you know, it's just unfortunate that, you know, my career in Toronto was short because 10 years, in my opinion, is short. I wish I, you know, could have worked there 30 years. But again, you know, the Bulls were very kind enough to have me come back to Chicago. Love the Reinstor family. They're great people. And so long story short, here I am. What was your favorite uh, all-time moment while being the play-by-play broadcaster for the Raptors? Well, there's so many. I mean, we went through the Vince Carter years, and that was spectacular because every night he was bringing it. I mean, incredible, sick, wicked, nasty dunks. <laughs> then we had, you know, the playoff series, first ever for the Raptors, where McGrady played really well. We got swept by New York. And as I'm recalling that series, I still see Larry Johnson hitting the topside three that banked home from about 26 feet. And that was really one of the turning points of the game um, in 2000. And then in 2001, the playoff series against Philadelphia with the drama surrounding Vince and graduating that day and flying to Philadelphia from Chapel Hill. And then game seven, it comes down to the final shot with Vince. And I mean, that was a great series with Vince and AI going at it. And I mean, we could just talk over and over that playoff series with the Nets where Carter comes back as a net against the Raptors. Yeah. And, and then, you know, we, we lost game six. Calderon tried to feed the pass to Bosch, you know, underthrew him. And because he had thrown the ball over the top, Bosch would have either dunked it or brought it down and slammed it. And there's no way the Nets win game seven in Toronto. No chance. None. Uh, but again, you know, I'm happy that they won the title last year. And that's that. Yeah, so uh, what was going through your mind, I mean, watching that NBA Finals and, and seeing the team that you used to work for uh, reach the pinnacle and, and, and win the championship? Well, I think it's great. I mean, I'm, I'm not envious or jealous of anyone. I mean, would I like to call a Finals game one day? Absolutely. Do I wish, you know, that the Bulls make the Finals in the near future? 100%. But since the Bulls were not involved, um, you know, I was Joe Fan, as Jack Armstrong refers to himself as Joe Bag of Donuts. And so I didn't have donuts next to me, maybe some celery and carrot sticks, which is kind of boring. But I was rooting for the Raptors. And before the playoffs started, I took the Raptors to win the title. Wow. Okay. So uh, that's uh, not too many people did that. So at least you can uh, give yourself some credit there where credit's due. Uh, Chuck, besides the infamous salami and cheese call, uh, what other saying is your favorite? And uh, I'm going to narrow a couple down here. Is it sick, wicked, and nasty? Onions, baby onions. Yeah, oh my yeah. bosh. Ring yeah. it up from downtown or Raptors uh, win, Raptors win, Raptors win. If you have to choose one besides salami and cheese, what are you going with? Raptors win because, you know, I, I wanted to see the ball club do well. And, uh, you know, I mean, listen, all those phrases and whatnot, it happened naturally. It's not something I would sit thinking, okay, what can I come up with next? Um, remember the music device that was very popular 
back in the, I would say maybe 10 years ago, 15 years ago, was the MP player. Yeah. And so we had Mo Peterson and Mo loved to shoot the three. So we would say, you know, an MP3 and because of Mo Peterson for three. That's and awesome. so we did that. Um, we did um, Anthony Parker. And now a lot of your listeners and viewers may not remember these old time Raptor players. Anthony Parker was a guy that uh, played high school ball here in the Chicagoland area, Naperville, Illinois, which is about an hour west of Chicago. Went to Bradley University, was an outstanding collegiate player. Uh, late first round pick. Things didn't go well for the first year or two ends up playing in Israel and really carved out a really nice comfort zone before the Raptors brought him in. And so like he became a very viable, trusted player and, but he loved to take corner threes. So I came up with a phrase that's, um, you know, from 18 Parkerville court (laughs) because he wore Jersey number 18 and he loved to shoot the corner three. And so we gave him his little territory, Parkerville. So innovative. And that's why you've had plenty of success throughout your entire career thus far. And I fully remember those Anthony Parker days. Um, Chuck, what has been your reaction so far to the NBA bubble? Well, I mean, the NBA got some great news uh, that uh, they tested every one of its players over 300. And it all came back negative. So the bubble is working, and I hope the, I hope people understand that you know when you take care of yourself, and you you wear a mask, then it's all good. So I think it's fantastic for the NBA. And again, things can change quickly, as we know. All yeah. it takes is one, and it spreads. So that's why the players have to be really disciplined, and. Um, put the uh, stops in Magic City with the wings on hold for about three months. From a gameplay standpoint, uh, have you enjoyed the game so far? Like, what are your biggest takeaways from what you've seen? Well, it's getting better. At first, you know, it's, it's hard because without fans, you look at the games and it almost has a feel, or at least it did for me uh, when we first started, of a preseason game. Um, or... Just it just I, it lacked that buzz, but now as I'm watching these teams and the players are playing themselves in shape, or the players now understand, hey, we only have like three games left or four games left, and we're you know knocking on the door for a higher seed, or we need to stay in the top eight, or we need to play in that play-in game. Now you're really starting to see these players get after it uh, because. Listen, I get it. They didn't play 82 games. But in my opinion, there should not be an asterisk next to a team for winning this title. In fact, I think it's very hard. They had three months off. They got out of their mojo, their vibe that they were in. Some teams like Memphis, they were rolling. And now all of a sudden, Memphis is struggling, probably won't make the playoffs unless they go on a run the last few games. So... Um, I think we really need to celebrate the team that wins the title here. That's a very good point, uh, and I totally agree with that statement. I'm going to put you on the spot here a little bit, Chuck. If you had to give me uh, a finals prediction here, uh, what are you going with? Reps and Clippers. 
Ooh, okay. Raptors fans are gonna like that one. And who do you got winning uh, the finals? Well, I'm gonna with, I'm gonna hold off on that because I want to see uh, <laughs> the health of the players. Yeah. See, that's the thing. You could be having a great run, and all of a sudden you could get in the series. All it takes is one or two players, either because of COVID, which we certainly don't want to have happen. We we don't want any injury to occur. But if a player tweaks an ankle or bruises the knee or whatever and he can't play that changes the the landscape of everything but i will tell you going into the playoffs in another 10 days or so i think it's going to be the wraps and the clips i'd be on board with that and that's actually my finals prediction we got play-by-play announcer for the chicago bulls here in chuck squirsky chuck i do want to get into a little bit of chicago bulls talk how do you see the offseason shaping up for the Bulls? Apparently, uh, Markinen hasn't been uh, too thrilled with the way that the Bulls have been running their offense. And another name that's been, uh, you know, on the rumor mill is Zach Levine. How do you see things uh, looking for this Bulls team in, in their new, uh, near future? Well, I like the nucleus. They've got a really good, nice, young core. I mean, Zach, Zach's 24 years old. And so, I mean, you look at Levine and you look at Markinen, you look at Wendell Carter Jr., you look at Kobe White. I mean, these are some nice pieces. But now you got to add on to that. Not only add to it, you've got to have these players stay healthy. The Bulls haven't been healthy the last few years. Um, Kobe White played in all 65 games. He was a rookie. But you've got to have the nucleus of some good young talent, which we do. But they've got to stay healthy. And they need to learn how to play together. You know, when, you, when you're out three months and you're watching, it's one thing to sit next to a player and talk during the game. It's another to be on the floor. So you learn about a player, whether they like to take it to the rim, what angle, do they love pick and roll? Do they want ball screens? Do they want slip cuts with their big men? All these things. And the only way you find out is you got to play. Uh, Chuck, do you think the Bulls will keep or fire Jim Bolin? He's obviously been on the hot seat, uh, especially this season. What do you think happens there? I think I don't have an answer. And I really, you know, honestly, and I'm being very transparent about this, it's really none of my business. I mean, I, I don't own the club. I wish I did. But I don't own the club. And I'm not the GM. And... You know, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a GM. Now I'm thinking, well, maybe I still want to be a GM. But uh, I think that there are a lot of headaches. But it's a great gig. It really is. Um, but that, those are things taken way above my pay grade. So I'm just the broadcaster. I love what I do, and I take it from there. Just for the record, I still think you have the best job ever. Um, last Bulls question here, Chuck. How far away do you think the Bulls are for competing uh, for a playoff spot in the East? Wow. Well, I think had they stayed healthy, they would have been the eighth seed, maybe seventh seed. But I think going into next year, depending on what they do with the draft, whenever the draft's going to be held, and what they do in free agency, and again, it's very thin. They don't have a lot of money. I probably can speak on behalf of a lot of teams. You know, this, this whole COVID situation is going to really change a lot of things. Yeah. I mean, the salary cap is going to be, take a hit eventually. Players. Um, so 
I really don't think much of of um, trying to guess what the front office and the ownership are going to do because I it's out of my control. Whatever they do, I roll with it. Chuck, before uh, we get out of here, I do have one final segment that I want to run with you. I do this with all my special guests. It's called Rapid Fire. Are you ready for some sure. rapid fire questions? Yes. All right, first one here. Since you are a Canadian citizen, uh, you became one, like you said, in 08. I have to ask, what was your favorite part about being Canadian while living in Canada? Uh, stopping by the DQ on Appleby Line. <laughs> I love it. Um, what three ingredients make up a poutine? Um, well, for the fries and the gravy. And uh, what's the third? The good old cheese curds. <laughs> That's right. Not bad. It's okay. Next, if we ever meet up, uh, Chuck, or yes. you know, somewhere down the line, I'll bring you a good old-fashioned poutine, and you'll remember not, exactly what it's get, made out of. <laughs> I'm not going to get kicked out of the country for not knowing that, although I probably should. I'll be <laughs> on a 24-hour. They can put me in a holding place. Um, what's your favorite part about living in Chicago? Favorite part of is uh, the electricity of the city and the restaurants. If you could have dinner with any current or former NBA player, who would it be? Current or former NBA player? Wow. Well, probably Jordan, Michael Jordan. That'd be awesome. Just, yeah. And I know Michael. I mean, from a professional standpoint, I'm not personal friends with him, and I don't pick up the phone and call him. But, but I mean, I, uh, he, he's the best, period. With all due respect to LeBron, Michael is the best. Can't disagree with you on that one. Next one here, wine or beer? Wine. What annoys you? Uh, incompetence and tardiness. And final one here, most memorable broadcasting moment for you? Kobe, 81 games. 81 points, rather, in a game on a Sunday night. Kobe's 81 points. That was an unbelievable game. I mean, he, he took on – he didn't take on five Raptors. He took on the whole team. And anybody we put on him, we did a box and one. We – I mean, Matt Bonner, Jalen Rose, Mike James, Chris Bosh, Mo Peterson. I mean, you can go right down the list of players that tried to guard him. Nobody could guard him. That's a great memory. You were right there witnessing history. Chuck, yep. thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to join me here on the show. Uh, stay safe out there, and uh, hopefully we can do this again uh, down the line. All right, thank you. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. Make sure you drop a like on this video. Subscribe for more. This is Chuck Skorsky on the Luca Rosanna Show, presented by Dave and Buster's Vaughn. Have yourselves a great weekend. Peace out.